Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again, and this is NBA Check-In. What's up, everyone? It's been a while since I recorded one of these NBA check-ins because all of a sudden the season went away with the virus pandemic. I didn't really record a wrap-up to that part of the season. I just kind of let it go. Uh, Of course, probably you've been listening to everything else we've been doing with E-Society, so thank you for that. Uh, We've talked a little bit in the sports section of our regular episodes, a little bit about sports and the NBA return, but uh, the NBA is back officially today. Uh, Two games tonight, we had the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans, and right now, as I'm recording this, uh, it's the fourth quarter of Clippers-Lakers. As I'm recording this, Lakers are up 91-80, which is interesting because this has been a real back-and-forth game. Uh, Lakers led early, Clippers came back, took a lead, and now Lakers back on top with seven minutes to go, so... Yeah, I just thought I'd kind of check in on the state of things, kind of where I think things are going in these eight games. Uh, But yeah, I'm just excited to have basketball back and uh, talk a little basketball. So here we go. want to start with uh, how the games actually started. Uh, Both games were on TNT tonight, and they did a little segment. They had Meek Mill come on and kind of talk about the uh, social justice movement that's going on right now. So that was interesting and cool, and I'm not surprised they do that. NBA has usually been on top of social issues for years, uh, but obviously... Now, more than ever, with the way this year's going, uh, they wanted to make sure they were on top of that. And it was a really nice piece and segment they did. The uh, national anthem is being done rather interestingly now, too, in that since they're in the bubble here in Orlando and the court is just surrounded by these big video screens, for the first game, they had a New Orleans musician uh, play the anthem on piano and on guitar. So that was really cool. And for the second game, the Lakers game, they had the, uh, Compton kids club. Uh, they sung the anthem and that was really cool. They did a really good job with that. So yeah, um, really good to see the players for the most part, uh, you know, coming together to, support in this moment of course they've got the black lives matter on the court and not all the players most of the players have a social justice message on the back of their jersey i found it interesting that the first game uh, i didn't see anybody have just their name on the back of any of the Pelicans or Jazz players, but here in this Clippers-Lakers game, you got multiple uh, high-profile people, uh, Patrick Beverly, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, all just have their name on the back. I know, you know, they obviously care about the movement, and I've heard LeBron say that um, he wanted to, you know, do more, and he has his uh, voting initiative that he's they they highlighted during the game so that was good to see but uh yeah as far as the actual basketball itself it was it was uh, really good to get back and see that i was expecting it to be a little sluggish like it can be at the start of seasons but i was really pleasantly surprised i know they've had a few warm-up games but uh it was pretty good the first thing of note for me in that first game was 
you you figure in a in a game where the offense is it's is going well, you figure it's going to be around 25-25 at the end of the first quarter because you figure, you know, 100 is where you at least want to hit, you know, for the end of the game. So usually if it's anything less, you know, things are sluggish. So as even though I was expecting that, that's what we got. It was around 25-25 at the end of the first quarter for that game. And uh, yeah, for the most part teams were looking good. The most standout player for me in that opening game was Brandon Ingram. He was looking real good. A couple of moves to the basket. One, he took it all the way in and dunked it. Another one, a nice step around for the layup. He was hitting threes. uh, Real active, so that was good to see. Uh, It was disappointing to see... Zion on a minutes restriction and I said this and now it's going around social Uh, the ringer network one of my favorite NBA podcasters Kevin O'Connor he posted about how it's unbelievable that the Pelicans had a minutes restriction in mind for Zion but didn't include the final three minutes of the game because it was a tie game it was a close game it swung back and forth with the lead three points you know tied and (laughs) <laughs> they they really can't afford to lose any of these games. They only have seven games left now. They were three and a half behind the Grizzlies. Now that's at least four, if not four and a half. They did really need this game, and it was uh, it was uh, they were down two in the final seconds, and Brandon Ingram decided to take a three that looked good, but it rimmed out, and it was over. They lost, and I was like stunned. And I was like, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they didn't have Zion in the game. And, you know, for the Jazz, they are already locked into their playoff spot. Uh, I'm sure they can move up and down in the rankings. And I'm sure, you know, they care about winning. But this game was so much more important to the Pelicans. So I'm really surprised they didn't get it. So... We'll see how it goes, you know, going forward. I know a lot of people have counted out the Grizzlies, even though they hold that spot. They assume somebody like the Spurs or the Pelicans are going to take it. But, you know, obviously the Grizz have heard that and they have that spot for a reason. And John Morant and Jaron Jackson are really, you know, playing like elite level players this year, even for young players, you know, so... um, Especially after that game, and especially with the way I can't believe they did that with Zion's minutes, I expect them to hold on to that. But all they need to do is actually keep, I guess, that nine spot, of which they currently have. Because I guess either way, it comes down to a play-in game where the Grizz only need to beat the nine seed once but the nine seed would need to beat the Grizz at least twice, if not three times or something like that, I was hearing. So there's a little bit of a twist on that this year. Um, I guess I'll jump to another thing that I'm just caught my eye right now in the uh, Lakers-Clippers game is the way they did the fans uh, was pretty cool there. They have these video screens all surrounded the court And I'm assuming for the most part, these are season ticket holders that they've given this opportunity to. Because I haven't heard any way that just random people can get in and do it. Maybe there is a way, but I haven't heard it. Uh, I assume, too, that you want to give it to season ticket holders because you want to... 
give them something considering these are games they would be at and they paid for the season that was you know put on pause and you know this at least gives them some exclusivity to uh it's interesting too because you know the reaction is pretty there they have the fans i'm seeing right now behind the backboard and they're all waving their hands like if they were really there at the game to try to distract the the free throw shooter and you know right now it's a this counts as a Lakers home game. So, yeah, it was uh, Clippers as Paul George taking the shot, and he did miss that first free throw. It was interesting to see the angle. He missed both free throws. Uh, uh, in-game check-in as I pod uh, with five minutes to go, uh, Lakers 94-87. But, yeah, back to the, the video board. It is cool. It, it's interesting to note that they – for the most part, it seems like they're all filled in, but they do have some like empty seats and you wonder if like that person like lost connection or they just quit or they didn't want to do it anymore or like what. But it is interesting when like it kind of glitches a little when one person kind of leans over into another person's like space and how different the heads look because everybody's using a, their own home video camera so <laughs> the heads are different sizes in the crowd some smaller some huge looking heads so uh it's cool touch i know they have a thing on the nba app where you can press to cheer and i checked it out but i wasn't that exciting per se just because i couldn't really tell if it was doing anything during the game and I was like, I don't know. It, it was a little weird because it was like, okay, they're just running up the court. Cheer, 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 cheer. Like, did that affect the crowd noise? They say it does and there's no latency, but I don't know. It's it's a little hard hard to get excited about that as a feature. So, uh, yeah, as far as this Lakers-Clippers game go, the... Lakers started off real strong, which I was I was surprised to see just because you figure every team is now on an even playing field. They've had basically the equivalent of an offseason. It's been since March since these guys played meaningful games and now they're back. It's like they've had a whole offseason. So, you know, you would think, you know, they're ready to go and in the lead up to this, I heard a lot of talk about, uh, you know, we've got basically three favorites to win the championship this year, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks. And you would assume, like with just the talent they've got, I thought the Clippers would easily be over the Lakers. You can't deny, yes, the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and sometimes that's enough. But as far as supporting pieces go, I thought the Clippers had more pieces there. And especially to see a game like this where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have shown up. They've they've really put in, but still the Lakers are, are there. I know uh, as I've been watching this and I've been doing a little photo editing, so you know I haven't like been completely zoned in, but as I listen to it even, uh, I know Anthony Davis is having a really big game. So, you know, sometimes that's all you need is uh, to put in work for your superstars, and that's working out for them right now. So, uh, 
I mean, we'll see when this actually gets to playoffs. This still technically counts as a regular season game. So these teams basically are just, uh, you know, fighting for, for standings. And I really don't know if there's that much difference in them. I'm going to pull up the standings right now to see if either of these teams can move up or down in the standings. Uh, the Lakers are 49 and 14 and the Clippers are 44 and 20. So with only eight games in this restart, it's pretty unlikely with the Clippers five and a half back that they would catch them. They not only would need to win the six, they would need the Lakers to lose the six themselves. So uh, pretty unlikely, but that being said, the Clippers do if they want to hold on to that two seed, they do need to win because Denver is only one game, well, two games behind them. They're uh, 43 and 22. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, since I'm doing NBA check-in now, I'll probably go all in uh, as far as like a daily pod, at least a check-in as the pod is named on the state of the playoffs and how things are going. I did that last year and that was a lot of fun. I was live recording when we had two of the biggest uh, game-winning shots in NBA history, the walk-off uh, Lillard shot over uh, the Thunder and the Kawhi Leonard uh, game seven last second shot to uh, eliminate and move on against the 76ers so that was a really fun moment so we'll see if that can happen again that was one thing with the fans there but now that they're digital um, you know I'm sure everybody on the bench and even the training staff you know they'll be excited too but it's nothing like obviously like a arena full of people so uh, I guess before I get out of here, I'll just go down the standings right now and kind of see what the possibility is of these teams going forward. Uh, start with the West. Uh, from top to bottom, we got the uh, Lakers, Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Thunder, and the Rockets. They're all locked into spots. Then we have Dallas in the seventh seed. Memphis in the eighth seed, they could technically fall out, I guess, but that's probably unlikely with uh, Portland, Sacramento, New Orleans, San Antonio, and Phoenix still playing. Uh, Phoenix would need incredible luck. They probably need to win all eight and have somebody like Dallas or Memphis lose all eight for them to get in. So as unlikely as that is, uh, I know at least in these uh, warm-up games, uh, Devin Booker's come to play. I know one thing that was going around social media was uh, somebody tweeted about like that they'd get some tattoo or something if uh, DeAndre Ayton hit a three. That's how sure they they were that he wouldn't. And of course, like in his warm up game, he hits like a corner three. So uh, the Suns account like tweeted that out or something, you know, to try to put that person on blast. So. Just, just having a little fun, but uh, of course they're not going to get a tattoo. So, 
Um, one team that I believe in a lot, and if you've been listening to the, to the regular East Society podcast, uh, you've heard me say this a few times, the Rockets, uh, Houston, one of the things they normally run into when we get to playoff time is Harden usually goes so hard in the regular season chasing those stats and the way he, you know, he does take a lot of punishment going to the basket, trying to get the, the free throws and the foul calls and everything. And having this basically off season, being off since March, uh, he should be really fresh to go. Uh, I know Westbrook, he actually had the virus and we thought he might miss some times, but he really didn't miss anything. He was cleared and he played in the warm-up games just the other day. So uh, the Rockets seem ready to go. I really like their chances, but uh, as I've heard on a few pods, their kind of kryptonite is what it has been in the past. Like when they lost to the Warriors, one game you'll hit a ton of threes. The next game you won't hit those threes and you'll lose big. So uh, that's still a possibility for them. But, uh, you know, with Westbrook, it'll be interesting to see if there's a difference. And like I said, I think with Harden, it's a big difference now because he should be completely fresh going into this. So... Uh, another team everybody's talking about is this like outsider, but uh, could surprise a lot of people is that Dallas team with Porzingis and Luca. Uh, the first day of the restart practice, I know uh, Steph's brother, Seth, he had a big game. So uh, I know they could use that going forward. But uh, either way, I'm really interested to see how this goes. As far as out east, uh, might as well mention them. Uh, from top to bottom, we got Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, uh, the Pacers, the 76ers, Brooklyn, Orlando, and Washington was invited. But Bradley Beal isn't playing, so it's almost pointless for the Wizards to be there. They are 24 and 40, trailing behind Brooklyn, has 30 wins, and the Magic have 30 wins, so they also would need a scenario where they win on almost all eight and have at least one of those teams lose all. Um, I know Brooklyn, Kyrie, and Durant aren't playing, and somebody else too, I think, somebody was uh, Karis LeVert, or one of their other players, I think, I can't remember. It might even be DeAndre Jordan, too. They have a ton of people not playing. So technically, they could. But with Washington not having Beal, I don't see that as a scenario for them to make a move. So uh, as far as interesting teams out out uh, east, like I was talking about Dallas out west, uh, I would say Miami in that four seed. Um they played tough all year. They looked good all year. Uh, after this restart, it'd be interesting to see what they do. And then Philly, that sixth seed, if you've been listening to NBA check-in and early in the season, uh, when I did my season previews and even at the start of the season, you know how much I loved Philly. I did pick them as the team to come out of the East, and they didn't have the greatest season. Um uh, going 39 and 26 and right before the shutdown they were in really bad shape with both Embiid and Simmons out uh, but this this uh, this break gave them you know a huge gift 
because now both those guys are rested and they should be ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see what Philly can do. I still think they're stacked as far as their talent. So, uh, yeah, this is their time. They were like maybe a moment away from themselves getting a championship last year because they lose that game last second to the Raptors. What if it's the other way around? What if they move on, they eliminate the Raptors? The Raptors did go on to win it all. Could have that been Philly last year? So I think the most interesting thing about this whole NBA return is the fact that it's really anybody's game. Like you could see like a surprise winner. Like you could see a Mavericks or a Heat or a 76ers anything like that, like the Rockets. Um, It doesn't have to be the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Bucks. They are the favorites, and they probably should win it. But, you know, as far as home court advantage goes, they try to, like, play the, the home team's, you know, themes. And, like, right now, example for the Lakers, they're playing that organ sound that they always do. So... You know, they try to give him that home court feel, but, you know, nothing is going to be like being in your own building. So um, right now, as I record this, I figure I might as well hang on. We've only got a minute 30 left and it's a one point game. Lakers 99, Clippers 98. So I might as well hang on. I I had planned to just record and and, uh, regardless of the outcome of this, but uh, the way it's gone it's extended so uh, just bring up the standings one more time uh talk about a few other teams denver i know a big story that's uh come out is uh Jokic. everybody thought he was packing a little weight for the most time he was a little sluggish but i guess he spent uh his time off really getting in shape. He's uh, slim Jokic now. So what does that mean as far as his game? Can he still go in the post? Is that still what he's going to do? Um, and also speaking of the Nuggets, uh, one of the highlights of night one was uh, Bull Bull, son of Manute. He had a huge game and he was like, you know, blocking shots and dunking and hitting threes. So... Uh, another little interesting weapon for them. Uh, Denver is a team that definitely kind of goes under the radar as far as what they offer. They've got uh, big depth, so they could be a surprise team that nobody's talking about. Uh, Utah, I didn't really talk about much about earlier because I was talking about how much the Pelicans did, but uh, I think their biggest problem, especially after watching them today, they did win this. But they can hit uh, offensive cold streaks. I know Donovan Mitchell's their one go-to scorer, but it's not like he's, you know, unstoppable either. So uh, they can definitely run into a wall there as far as scoring goes. Uh, Conley's had an up-and-down season. Uh, Gobert's not usually a huge offensive threat, so hard to say with them. I think OKC is one of the most intriguing teams because we expected them to be terrible. We expected Chris Paul to be traded and them to like really gut the team. But instead, uh, they went to a 40 and 24 record. And if I'm remembering right on pods, I heard they had like one of the best records since the new year turned from January to the March stoppage. So 
they were playing well and they could surprise people. That being said, I've also heard uh, Chris Paul's name being thrown out as uh, somebody who would go to the Knicks with all the things they're changing there. So uh, check in on the game that's winding down right now. 45 seconds to go. Lakers 101, Clippers 98 with 40 seconds to go. Yeah, I really expected the Clippers to get this one, especially with the Lakers pretty much locked in to their number one spot. It's not like they don't want to win. Of course, they want to win, but they, they, you know, they don't need this so much, but it is the first game of the restart. I do expect the Lakers, as we get on to uh, games like six, seven, and eight in their schedule, treating it almost like the end of the regular season, and they probably won't push their guys as far as minutes because it'll be time to get ready for the playoffs. So, yeah, right now they're just uh, going to replay to see who it went off of. It looks like it went off of Davis. So, of course, I'm trying to uh, extend this pod as much as possible just so I can get to the end of this game. And I'm running to uh, all these slowdowns. They're going to review now. It's ridiculous. Got anything? Uh, uh, welcome Jade to the pod. Uh, he got any uh, feedback for me to keep this rolling? I think it's funny how, you, like it was a few minutes ago where you said like, oh yeah, we're almost at the end of the game. And I feel like that's such like a basketball thing to do to like, just like stretch out the last like 10-ish minutes just to like see like plays and plays and plays. And I'm like, bruh, like why (laughs) yeah and it's funny you bring that up because uh as much as i love the game i know that's been a problem for years and even talking about it uh casually with uh you know family and friends um how much they talk about uh how the end of games get bogged down and like it should be the most exciting time but it's like time out time out time out time out and then you're just like waiting and it's like you're kind of like losing that adrenaline Yeah, it really does. It kind of, you know, sucks the air out of the arena. So, Uh, though there is no fans in the arena here, it's all digital fans. Yeah, um, I wonder if the players ever get tired of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What is interesting, too, that I noticed is I assumed it was just one court that they were going to be playing on. And it's clear there's at least two, if not more. Uh, the courts that they have. I don't know why I thought that. I thought it was going to be like, you know, one team goes off, one team goes on type thing. But uh, the first game, the Jazz and Pelicans, it got a little stretched out itself. And they thought about starting the Clippers-Lakers game on NBA TV instead of on TNT. So I was like, oh, look, they're on another court. I thought they were going to have to wait to get onto this one. Well, yeah, wouldn't they need more than one, obviously? Because, like, don't you need, like, time to, like, clean everything and get everyone out and transition and stuff? Yeah, I think so. That's a thing, too. Um, definitely, they need to clean. I know they have the the people that, like, come and clean the floor like they do in normal games. I see they're all masked up. Uh, another interesting touch on the court, I don't know if you noticed while we were watching, is the the bottom baseline the reverse side of the court that's always at the bottom of the broadcast now 
there's a camera that runs along a track now down on the bottom right there i'm winning out yeah and um <laughs> there was a clip going around the other day of uh wow paul george it's a three, and it's a tie game, 101 with 25 seconds to go. But there's a clip going around of that to see the way it's, like, fast. Yeah. And Luca went to, like, a ball went out of bounds, and he came and he kind of hit that sideline. And the camera almost took him out. It went speeding by, and he's, like, he reacts, like, whoa. Yeah, whoa, camera. <laughs> yeah, nice. Luca almost got taken out by the baseline camera, so. <laughs> So, yeah, like I said, as I'm jumping back and forth between the story and the live action of the game, Paul George hit a three that uh, tied the game. But uh, then LeBron goes down the other side of the court and uh, hits it with 12 seconds to go. And, of course, they're going to go to a timeout. This is the exact problem that I was saying. Don't uh, suck the energy out of the game. I know you need to. It's crunch time and it's important. And you need to strategize, but like, oh man, it just kills the vibe. And especially when they send you to commercials that while you're watching the game, you see these commercials five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times the same ones. And it's just like killer. Yeah, I remember even back when we went to those few games that we did go to, it felt pretty long. Like, I don't know, like, I feel like when you're at home, like, there's this weird thing where, yeah, you get sick of the commercials, but, like, there's a way to escape it. But, like, when you're actually there in person, it feels even, like, more, like, time-consuming. Well, yeah, I, sometimes it can, but for me, as far as the actual being there at the basketball game, I feel like it flies. I feel like the game flies, and I can't believe, like, oh my god. It's already the second quarter. Oh my gosh, it's almost halftime. Like, and then you go out at halftime and you try to get, you know, merch and you grab, try to grab a bite and go to the restroom and you try to rush back to your seat and the game's already, you know, the third quarter started and you're like, wow, that's crazy. So, uh, 12.8 seconds, Lakers by two, it's Clippers ball, inbound to Kawhi, 10 seconds to go, Kawhi still has the ball, LeBron's on him. Kawhi drives. He can't get a shot up. Paul George, three seconds. Paul George is going to have to throw it up. He throws it up, and it's no good. And Paul George is freaking out. He thought he was fouled, but that's final. Lakers, 103. Clippers, 101. And uh, Quinn Cook, ex-Warrior, congratulates LeBron. And that's uh, two games in a row for the return where it came down to the final shot and a miss. At that, Kawhi couldn't get the overshot, having to give it up to PG. PG went back way too far and then to force up a bad shot. Uh, you got to know time and situation. I know the other team plays defense, but if you have to give it up to somebody else, give it up. They'll get you back. Like uh, It was bad for Paul George. He retreated almost to half court and had to heave a three at the end. Right, yeah, that was kind of sucky to watch. On a different note, you're a really good commentator. Oh, thanks. Like, that was, like, fun to watch. I was, like, getting excited. I'm like, oh, everything's going on. Like, ooh. Yeah. yeah you do really good at that. Thanks. Well, I had fun doing it at the end of last year during the playoffs, too. That's kind of one of the things I was motivated to do as far as this NBA check-in mod. Right, yeah. I like it. 
Thanks. Um, I feel like, oh, sorry. I feel like I like stumble over my words, and I'm like, I shot in. This, oh God! Like, you you're really good at keeping it like calm and collected. Well, it's funny you mentioned that too, because maybe one thing we can do, even though it won't be for a Warriors game like we originally planned, before the virus and the shutdown and everything like that, one of the ideas I had was to do a play-by-play for a Warriors game, and I was going to do play-by-play, and you were going to do color commentary. So it's like I would give, you know, who's doing what on the court, and you would throw out something like, you know what, I had a sandwich the other day. Or Taco Bell. Yeah. You ever had you ever had that uh, that Taco Bell? Yeah, I could do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking about LeBron hammers down the dunk. And oh my God, have you guys seen that one? What was the first thing popped in my head? Nicholas Sparks movie. Like what the heck? Anyway, I'll do better when it actually happens. I'm really good at improv. I'm just like awkward right now because I'm tired. All right. Well, yeah, um, I guess that'll just about do it. I'm glad I was able to stretch this out into a half-hour pod. That being said, NBA checking going forward, just like our new Big Brother pod. Check that out if you are into Big Brother, BBQ, Big Brother Quarantine. We just started recording that. We did our second episode earlier in the day before I recorded this. So check that out. But uh, just like I say in that, I want NBA check-in, I want Big Brother Quarantine, I want these pods to be a little more free-flowing, a little less structure, uh, so you never know what you're going to get, maybe a five-minute pod, ten-minute pod, half-hour, hour. hour. Uh, This one's just over, touch over half-hour, which is good for the start of the the NBA restart. Uh, And uh, yeah, we'll be back soon. I'll try to come back on a, a day when we have a full slate. We've had some action. We've had some teams moving. We've had some stuff going on, and we'll have more to talk about. But uh, anything before we get out of here? I'm, this is hella random that I'm on here, but I um, hope you guys liked it and you liked my dad doing all this because he really likes doing it. <laughs> yes. Had a lot of fun, and uh, we'll continue to have fun. We'll have fun with the playoffs. So, Until next time, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time, E-Society.